Hey folks, this is uh, your Buddy's Owners, Arizona Schnoodle Walks owner, Michael. I'm the owner of Buddy, and we're out walking here on a Sunday morning. And uh, it's April 19th, and we're warming up in Arizona already at 8.30 in the morning. We are already at 66 degrees. And uh, I think I'll call this podcast Inclusion and Harmony. And I've already been up journaling, making some notes, thinking about things. And uh, the reminder of my, I have a strength in inclusion, so I want to include everybody. But I have a weakness of harmony, which is kind of interesting. But I think it explains a lot of my personality. And if I'm just myself, as we, as people say, you be you, be yourself, I have little interest in harmony. But I do want to include. So that's me. And uh, at first glance, I'm thought that that doesn't make any sense, right? I mean, usually you'd think you want to include people, you would be interested in harmony. But it's come to make sense to me that, no, actually, people that really love harmony and want people to get along and agree on things, they actually end up excluding people that will never agree to whatever belief or system or opinion that they that the in-group thinks is important. So that causes a little bit, that causes quite a bit of problem for me, I suppose, because I'm I'm opposed to exclusivity because I want to, as I said, include everyone. So uh, when I come across these people that have a tendency to seek harmony, they value harmony. They value being of the same mind. And especially in religious organizations, there's scriptures where Paul and other people pray that we're all of the same mind. So then it gets into how do you interpret that? So (laughs) I would say be all the same mind. Let's include everyone, right? Forget the harmony. Harmony is not important. Harmony doesn't mean one mind. Harmony just means groupthink. That's, I mean, that's my opinion, right? But to those people who are like, oh, no, harmony. Oh, I love harmony. Harmony, let's all get along, you know. For those people, being of one mind means agreeing on everything. So who's right? Who's right? Is it, is it, is one mind inclusive? Or is one mind harmony? Well, I don't know if I have an answer for that. I mean, my answer from my point of view is inclusivity is one mind. Include everyone. But I I mean, I suppose I'd have to say that those who don't care about including, they don't see it that way. But ironically, I have to include even those people. right? If I'm truly inclusive, then I have to include people that don't care about inclusion. 
So that's probably where I have my source of conflict. So if you think of your own life, I like these strengths and weaknesses and things, discussions, because it helps me put together a puzzle. So yeah, my uh, my conflicts tend to be with authoritarian people who seek harmony. Because when you're leading an organization, harmony is the easiest way to operate, right? I mean, you if everybody agrees and we're all going down the same path, have the same opinions, then the leaders think, well, we, we, you know, we don't have, we don't have any conflict. We're going to reduce conflict, and that makes things go better. And in many cases, that's exactly right. And, uh, but for me, I'm like, well, I, uh, I'm really sensitive to inclusion. So, quite often, I, well see these leaders who find harmony to be so important I st- to the point of ex- in exclusion. And I'm like, whoa, wait a minute. We got to include people here, you know. So that's my little deal for today, my little thought. And no one's like me. You know I mean? Listening, you're, you've got your own strength and weaknesses. And if you happen to take the Clifton Gallup $49 test of strengths, I think it's worth 49 bucks. And I'm not even getting any kind of affiliate money for it. Many of you invest in your own personal development. I think that 49 bucks is well worth it. And yeah, so I have many weaknesses and I need to have people around me. The other benefit is if you have people around you that have strengths and areas that you have weaknesses. So probably you need a good team probably has at least five people. Maybe, maybe, maybe you could theoretically say seven because there's 34 strengths. So five times seven is 35. So, you know, you don't, the differentiation between strengths numbers one, two, three, four, and five probably aren't that super duper, right? So everybody's got five tops, but it doesn't end there. There's no hard line of saying, well, your six strengths is not as important as your third or something. It's still there. So I don't even know this psychological, statistical analysis on that stuff. But I just read it. I read the descriptions. I'm like, yeah, that makes sense for me. I'm in my head a lot, so I'm a strategic thinker. My domain area, they have four domains, which are like strategic thinking, relationship building, uh, execution, and shoot, I forgot the other one. Is it? Um, let's go look at that. It's a good question. Four domains. So mine are strategic and relationship building, and I build relationships with woo, winning others over. I'm an initiator, and ironically, again, this is with weaknesses. I had someone comment. He goes, "Well, you're a relator." You know, 
I think I didn't I always wondered well, where do you get this term for a later? And it comes from the Clifton Strengths. And actually, he was wrong in his assessment. I'm a woo because I want to win people over. I like engaging in conversation. I like initiating. But it may not be for the purposes of a long-term relationship. It may just be like we're together. We're in this moment. Let's enjoy this time together. Whoa, win others over, smile, have a good time, right? Because everybody's different. That's woo. Relator. Relator is more long-term, you know, really wanting to go deeper, I guess, with people. Something like that. I don't know. I guess I'd have to look at it more. But relator is like in my bottom five, actually. And yet I'm a wooster. Woo. Woo meister, man. So uh, it may be why I, I try to reach out to a guy at LinkedIn who I vaguely know, who's a woo meister, and he doesn't care to return my messages. Probably he's not a relator either. <laughs> so, and I'm just curious how self-identified woos live, you know? So I'm also a communicator, which I can, communication is interesting, right? You can improve on that, get better at it. But I like to do that. But that also fits in with DISC and influencing because we're quite often influenced by people we meet, what they say, uh, what they hear, what they're saying. We are influenced by others. So uh, it's Sunday morning. There's out people out walking and even running. Uh, my plan is to get Bud home here in about 10 minutes, get my running clothes on, and get out and run. And I'm going to try to do fairly long distance for me, five miles. But I got some issues with old man heels on my feet. So I'm hoping that I can just run through it and take care of it afterwards. I'm in the shade at the moment. It feels pretty good in the shade. It, 67 degrees, but this is Arizona, so now I'm in the sun and I can feel the uh, intensity of the sun. So, all right, well, maybe in the spirit of keeping the uh, podcast short, I can end it up here. We got another, I don't know what Bud's gonna do here. You want to go up here, Bud? Good, we're bypassing the dog. He'd rather go through the woods than tangle with another little dog, which is fine with me. Hey, bud, what are you going to do? <clears throat> and his hair's getting long. And as it gets warmer out, for him, even 80 degrees is pretty smoking hot. Come on, bud. And... Uh, so that's that. So the other interesting things this morning, I already sat in the backyard. There's only like 57 degrees. So it's already up 10 degrees in like an hour. And we get temperature swings here, baby. This is a, it's going to be like 80 something this afternoon. But I was 
discussing with a woman in Australia, or just more texting or uh, messenger or whatever you want to call it, Facebook, and it's rhythms of life. So I'm in a rhythm right now, and you're listening to this at whatever rhythm you're in, whatever you're doing, different, different rhythm. So we're laying out content for you. And uh, you receive it, you receive this message, but it's influenced by your context, by your surroundings, what's going on in your life. I'm delivering it and I'm influenced by my surroundings as I deliver this. So there you go. And also my previous experiences. I just got off my journaling effort and um, seeing, I do a chapter a day. So for the last 13 days, two weeks, I was in the book of Hebrews. And again, I don't do a K. Arthur Bible study, precept by precept, dig, you know, spend hours analyzing all this stuff. I like 10 minutes, read the chapter and uh, think about it, you know, move on. And I like getting that it just like kind of like, I guess a lot of people call it the big picture. But to me, it's kind of just reading it as the person write it, wrote it. So if you're not a writer, you know, try to think about writing. Like there's very few people that write, I guess, on the one hand. On the other hand, there's millions of people that write. I'm learning that myself as I go through my quote-unquote, writing journey. And uh, so there it is. I am, where was I going with that? Oh, Hebrews, yeah. So like that, I had, uh, I call it, what was it? False brethren, yeah. So I was, my big beef the last year was, having someone declare that some dude in Houston was a false teacher and like, well, why would you do that in Arizona when the dude's in Houston, nobody cares. To me, it's just a pride on his part just to be like, he's really got it figured out. And it's also back to exclusivity. So that kind of pisses me off because he's creating an exclusive faith of we've got it figured out. So that guy that's a false teacher apparently is on TV and talks about God being alive today. Gee, that's just heresy, right? Sarcasm on my part. And the guy does no harm. Doesn't ask people to follow him. He's not trying to build a following. He already has a following, you know? But, so my surmise would be and the guy's just jealous of the guy. When it comes down to it, he's just, he can't, he has to find some reason to justify or it was probably his own inadequacy. Like he's not as quote unquote influential. So let's declare the guy a false teacher. And out of that, I also discovered the false brethren, which I am experiencing because I had a dude drop some Hebrews 13 on me. Like, obey your leaders, blah, 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 blah. You know, 
out of context. And what was really funny is he's like, and it, it will be profitable for you. <laughs> just, it's like Hebrews 13, I don't know. So. It just cracked me up how ironic. Because actually the biggest criticism is this Houston dude is, oh, he's a prosperity gospel guy. It's the prosperity gospel. <laughs> so I just love the criticism. And he, he never talked about whatever that is. It's like that's a label, a framework, prosperity gospel for guys that talk positively about God's um, involvement in our lives. And so they just want to frame that, discount it, exclude those people and say, oh, they're just... Exclude them, prosperity gospel, label them. And yet none of those people self-identify as prosperity gospel. But that's, you know, that's just me being legalistic-minded, argumentative, contentious, contrarian, you know, all that. All that good stuff that I am. Good stuff with a purpose. It pisses off those exclusive people because I'm not going to let go of inclusivity. So you're going to have to deal those kind of people. I, I guess I need to get in a habit. Like when someone says, oh, you're a contrarian and co so contentious. Oh, no, I'm inclusive. So you are exclusive. So I'm telling you that you're excluding people. So you can either become more like Jay Josh, who was the ultimate in inclusion, and grow up, people. Grow the hell up, you Southern Baptist Convention. Oh, did I just say that? Yeah, I did. That's okay. <laughs> so, the Hebrews 13 thing, obey your leaders, is, you know, the whole, the whole book. This is where context comes in. The whole book of Hebrews is Paul writing to Jewish people who are struggling with, what is this thing about Jesus and New covenant, new relationship thing. And it's all about the high priest. So the whole book is talking about the priesthood, Chalzadak, all this stuff that Gentiles wouldn't care about. And Paul probably wouldn't even bother writing all this detail about Melchizedek, Abraham, all these people. The whole chapter 11 is about all these people in the Old Testament, which is good. You know, and most American Protestant Christians, you know, they love this stuff, which is fine. But the context is Jews, people. Jews. So when you see obey your leaders to a Jew, they're the, one, they're the ones who struggle with obeying your leaders. It's about the Roman Empire being the leaders. So, in the whole letters to Jews. So now, what does my little local false brethren do? Pulls the verses, plucks them out, and says, oh, Michael, you know, you need to obey your leaders, which is the clown that said the dude in Houston's a false teacher. Well, it turns out that 
I'd much rather have a thousand false teachers than one false brethren. Because actually the false brethren do more damage than a false teacher. Because the false teacher, you can kind of ignore them for the most part. You kind of figure that out. They're not like in your face. But a false brethren is a dude that's supposed to be alongside of you and care for you and think about it, you know? So, you know, that's, that's that. It's, to me, yeah, I have to, I, I have to stand on my own. And by reading, I read that and I go, okay, it's a Jewish thing. Jews should do that. And do I have to study it? Do I have to like read the Greek and Hebrew and do an NT write and study for 400 hours on chapter 13 and figure all that out? Or do I just go, wait a minute, the last two weeks, what have I read? Last two weeks, I read a chapter a day, 13 days. It's all about Melchizedek, high priesthood, sacrificing animals. It's all there. This book is written to Jews. Okay. Yeah, there's some great messages in there for us as Gentiles. But don't pluck verses out and use them against your brother falsely. Right. So there you go. So we're almost done with Bud walking here. I kind of bambled around. So inclusion, harmony. Those are my strengths and weaknesses. So, man, oh, man, Rattlesnake live on the podcast. (laughs) Woo-wee! I'm going to have to take a picture of that one, baby. And we were just a few feet away from (laughs) a snake. Whoa, not cool. Buds, we survived it, huh? What are we going to do, bud? He's kind of walking away. He's getting out of our way. Wowzer. Bud. Yeah. There's a live snake encounter. (laughs) Woo! Bud, what should we do? Should we walk over this way, bud? Come on. Stay away from that dude. Walking. I don't know if you can hear that rattle, but shit, I hope there's not. Come on, bud. Rattleshnaker. Wow, my heart's racing. Wish I had my heart rate monitor. Better keep the uh, <laughs> keep my eyes out ahead of me. But there, oh man, snakes on the Buddy's Owner podcast. First one, bud. First one live. We had one before we podcasted. Whoa, baby. Whoa. That was something else. Special treat for you, not from Arizona. So, wow, we're free, bud. Whoa, scared the crap out of us. We included that snake in our podcast, didn't we? We We didn't exclude the snake. And... We weren't that harmonious. We didn't care to make buddies, be, be pals with that snake. So it's probably about a four foot snake. He went into the bush. I got a few pictures. I got one picture of him. 
most of the last two feet of his tail going into the bushes, which is fine. He rattled. Maybe you heard some of that. Freaky, man. That ought to get some uh, podcast listeners, right? I mean, you know. <laughs> the lie. That, that would be like, you know, going viral on uh, YouTube. Well, I have to go back and listen to my own reaction because that did scare the crap out of me. But I did keep my continents. I think that's the word for it. So. All right, bud. Well, we made it home. And wow. Whew. Yeah. Yeah, behind the gate looking for snakes. It is snake season, basically. Mid-April to June. The snakes have been hibernating. And they do like to come out, man. And we just saw one, so. Whew. So for those of you who don't probably live in snake country, that was an added treat for you today. Wow. Holy cow. Yeah. Whew. I think my heart's still elevated. So, bud, let's wash your paws. Oh, yeah. And uh, let's shut this podcast down. That was something else. Yeah, we get them right here, those snakies. Little snakes. Oh, bud, you want to go tell mommy? Oh, we saw a little rattlesnake a little while ago. Well, you know how I cut through the, we cut through the rocks in that one area, just down the street, and well, it's just down around the corner, right? Just down here, just like three houses down. Okay. So three houses down, there's that little washway that goes between one side and the other side. And I just started walking into that rocky area and I'm looking down and all of a sudden I hear this rattlesnake rattling is right there in the middle. And he started, at least he wasn't curled up ready to strike. He just started rattling and I pulled Buddy back and pulled back and let the snake go into the bushes. But Bud, we, we got a little, little excitement there, Bud. <laughs> yeah, this is rattlesnake time. Yeah, yeah, bud. So, nothing happened to the bud. Time to go do a little running exercise. It's getting warm. All right, buds, so stay in, bud. And that is some mercy there. Mercy that we didn't get that snaky. And uh, uh, grace and peace now to all of you. Amen. <laughs>